This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. John Justrinsky. Sports Radio 1019 FM. The WFAN. It's 9.03. Here on this Thursday evening is JJ John Justrinsky. We're taking you through the next three hours right here on the Fang. Get aboard at 877. 877- 337-6666, and I'm fired up to welcome in a guy that I've gotten to know quite well. First in listening to him for years on Bill Simmons' podcast. Now I've actually had some interactions with he and his wonderful friends. I cannot believe I've been introduced to this group because they're all-timers. The Parlay Kid, Brother Bry, Harry, who joins us every Thursday, and this guy's like the ringleader from... Fox Bet Live, Jimmy Kimmel, and the author of You Can't Lose Them All, Tales of a Degenerate Gambler and His Ridiculous Friends, the great cousin Sal, Sal (laughs) Iacona. Sal, I apologize, by the way, you go from Jimmy Kimmel to this show. So, you know, I know you get the green room and the drinks and the food. We might give you, you know, a celebratory high five at the end of the interview, okay? That's all I got. Talk about, you know, I have to follow Harry. You had Harry on a a couple hours ago? That is accurate. Harry joined this show at 7.15 Eastern. That is true. What do you guys talk? I mean, I guess you can't tell if he's topless or not, but every time I see him, he's in a a tub picking, like, uh, Mountain West games or some crap. Well, listen, that is a disturbing scene for a whole lot of people involved. That's like the equivalent of you wrestling Lennox Lewis, which I just rewatched. I had no idea uh, about this Kimmel bit. I mean, you yeah. want to talk about outrageous. That was outrageous, Sal. That was a pillow fight. I uh, was a self-proclaimed pillow fighting champion of uh, a Jimmy Kimmel Live, and I had pillow fought, um, uh, who was it? Len- it was um, Goldberg. It was uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin and Lennox Lewis. Goldberg, actually, you know, we'd beat the hell out of each other, and then he grabbed onto my shirt, and I went to run away, and I ran right into a nail. Just above my eye, I still have a scar above it. So it gets, uh, I mean, pillow fighting is a dangerous, uh, dangerous way to live. But yes, on Kimmel, we uh, relived the, uh, the time when I pillow fought Lennox Lewis. He was beating me. I, I tried to get resourceful. There was a cake on stage. I threw it at him. It went in his mother's eye. Why his mother was on the couch, I have no idea. But also on the couch, Anna Nicole Smith and Don King. And then after, uh, I tell, as I tell the story on Kimmel, after the pillow fight, the executive producer says, you have to go and apologize to Anna Nicole Smith. I was like, why? I, didn't, I wasn't even anywhere near her. She's like, no, no, no. You hit her knee with a pillow, and it's, it's swollen. And I was like, well, that sounds ridiculous. That, just, just, 
Tell her no. That's tell her that's ridiculous. That no one hits someone with a pillow and swells up. I went in there. She's sobbing, sobbing. Her knee doesn't look any different than anyone else's knee. And the video shows that I wasn't within like seven feet of her. You so, know what that um, sounds like? That sounds like the Austin Powers line in the first movie. Who throws a shoe? Yeah. Honestly, I mean that kind of sums you up in a nutshell. And listen, bro. <laughs> The amount of stories that you must have over the years from being around Jimmy, from being around Bill, and this crazy, degenerate, gambling sort of life that you have lived, it's a remarkable story, Sal. So first off, man, congratulations. And what in the world prompted you with all this stuff you got going on? You got Extra Points Pod. You're on Fox Bet Live. You're a busy man. What kind of inspired you to go and, dare I say, write a book? Well, my agent did. My agent thought about it, and he said, "Well, I can make ten percent of like six or seven hundred dollars. So why why don't I push this on Sal?" And uh, uh, well, the, it was my agent James Baby Doll Dixon. It was also Simmons. And Simmons, I was like, "Simmons, you were miserable writing your book." He's like, "Yeah, but mine was seven thousand pages, and I had to read twelve books. You don't have to do that." And I was like, "All right, I'm definitely not doing that. I'm never reading twelve books again." And uh, and so, so I was like, all right, you know what? I'm going to map out how many stories I think could be told in conjunction with sports gambling that are somewhat uh, appealing. And I got to like 40, and I was like, all right, maybe I could do that. Five pages each, and we got a, a book. And, uh, but then you have to write the damn thing. And uh, it took me a year, but, uh, yeah, I was happy to get it done. Sal, I got to admit, my love of sports gambling, Mike mm-hmm. and Chris, you know, Brent Musburger, you and Bill Simmons and the podcast that you guys put together when I was back in college listening to the old school BS report. I'm not trying to make you feel old, but I'm just giving you some real talk. So for you, I'm curious, how did you develop this love of sports gambling? I don't know what it was. I tried to figure it out with Jimmy the other night, and I think it's in my genes, even though it's not it's not in his genes. Like, we were related, but he never got – he has the – you know, I think when he gambles because he's famous, it all has to go to charity if he wins. So what's the point, right? So he, he just uh, – it, it doesn't hurt. Uh, it doesn't hurt as much. Um, but my grandmother was big into bingo. My father and mother didn't really gamble. My grandfather bet the horses and, and, uh, and, and played like Keno. And my Aunt Chippy is addicted to slot machines and still is. And she taught me how to play video poker. And like I said on, on Kimmel's show, um, I used to stand 30 feet back. I delivered Newsday. I was a, I was a newspaper boy. I made like 30 bucks a week, and I would save up for the summer because I'd go visit her, and I'd go visit Jimmy in the summer. And I'd play uh, video poker. And she would, we had a system where she would – we had a, a signals, and I would put up a three, and that meant to keep the three, the three spot and drop the queens or whatever – and uh, and then by the end we were just like screaming at each other what to do, and I, I like I made like five or six times my money. I really think if that day had gone differently, I might have done something else. Maybe I would have been an actuary or something. I have no idea. Did you have like a sports gambling godfather? I'm assuming it was Jimmy the Greek. Had to be right. It was. He was about two or three years before me. Not not that I don't remember him. I definitely remember when I was like ten years old. But um, yeah, I, I like what they did with him. I don't know if you remember him at all with Jimmy the Greek. He wouldn't. He wasn't allowed. I mean, you're still not allowed. To I mean, isn't him. it crazy, Sal? Off topic. Isn't it crazy thinking about when you grew up? Now, I mean, listen. If you're a 15, 16 year old kid, you see the point spreads on the bottom line. Uh, Berman, Jimmy the Greek. These guys couldn't even acknowledge what the spread was in a game. It's insane. Jimmy the Greek would say, I like, I like the Washington Redskins over the Philadelphia Eagles 
but small. He'll, he'll, he'd put his fingers together like tight, and if there was like Washington was favored by nine, you meant that meant okay, bet the Eagles. But really, that was as close as anything. Like Al Michaels would have been thrown off the air for just suggesting that a kick could bring something over the total, right? Like it was just a different world. It would really come a long way. Okay, Jimmy Kimmel and your relationship—it's incredible to think about. I mean, you guys are cousins. Mm-hmm. He's going through his career. When was the moment for you as you're like following it? Obviously, you're invested. You're getting involved to some degree. When was the moment where Cousin Sal was like, holy smokes, this guy is an absolute superstar? Well, it was right around where I was at my, uh, I don't want to say my low point, but I was on, I was in New York and I was an attorney and I was like, I I represented like 30 banks and I would do closings like in one in Long Island at 8 a.m. And then I'd have to be in Manhattan at 1130. And then I'd have to go over the Tappan Zee Bridge to Suffern at 330. And then I remember once my car died on the, on the Tappan Zee Bridge and it was pouring rain, pouring rain. And I was like, I got to get the heck out of here. That's it. I got to get the hell out of here. That, 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 we can't do this anymore. And uh, I talked to Jim and he's like, look, why don't you come out here? I'm getting a, a game show called Win Ben Stein's Money. You could be a writer on it. I do these syndicated sports radio bits. You could write those, and, uh, you know, maybe good things will happen for them. So he really did save my life, and it was right then when I was like, all right, this guy is going. I had always done, like, radio bits for him. He he was fired from seven different markets in ten years before he landed at K-Rock in L.A., and then that's when uh, he got Ben Signs money and all this other stuff, and he called me out, and uh, thank God he did. It really, really worked out. I just paid off my my law school loan like four weeks ago, four months ago. So, Nothing uh, like paying off those loans. Even you with that Hollywood money. Law school right. ain't cheap. I, I, you know that, Sal. Ain't cheap. <laughs> what a wasted degree. Did not hey, mean. listen, I, the, the idea of you and all those great talents going to waste in the courtroom, that's no fun. <laughs> that's no right. fun. Let the serious people do that. We need you entertaining the masses. Now, I know this relationship between you and Simmons is incredible. I mean, the podcast you do, it's must-listen for me every Monday. I start my day. I'm either celebrating wins or I'm lamenting some horrible beats. And I know I'm going to listen to you guys. How did you and Simmons link up? I know it was on the Kimmel Show, but kind of describe to the audience how that, like, friendship evolved over the years. Well, Jimmy... um... Uh, Jimmy did, uh, like, the Shaq roast. We went to Washington, D.C., and he roasted Shaq. And Simmons had the column on page two on ESPN, and he would do, like, he, lo- he loved that roast. And, um, you know, it helps if you love what Jimmy does. And Jimmy noticed that Simmons loved him, and he liked, he took to his style of writing. And, you know, Simmons would do the one-line observations, you know, and he'd move on from Lindsay Lohan to, um, to the Michael Jordan. It didn't matter, you know, within like a paragraph of each other. And uh, Jimmy convinced him to move out to write for Jimmy Kimmel Live. And he's like, my cousin Sal is going to be your best friend. He loves football. He loves gambling and he loves wrestling. And that was it. That was like the holy trilogy. And, and from there, we, we hit it off swimmingly and we would bet in the office. You know, back then, like the game, the Kimmel Live would was actually live. It would, it would uh, start at 9 p.m. on the West Coast. So we'd be watching games and watching the show and, and doing everything else. So it, it was right then that we knew. And we would do guest the lines just, just amongst ourselves on Monday morning in the office. So, and then Simmons said, let's turn this into a podcast. And like, what the hell is that? And he's like, don't worry about it. We'll figure it out. So That's crazy <laughs> to think about, man. Do you yeah. think guest the lines has helped you over the years in handicapping games or total nonsense? I think it has in that um, 
you, we, we had like a theory, right? So we would guess the lines. If we were off by two points or more, we would go the other way from where we were off. So let's say I guessed that the Chiefs were going to be a five-point favorite. And they're like, nope, they're a three-point favorite. Like, oh, boy, I'm way off on this. I should take Tampa. You know, so you end up playing mind games. But then like anything else, any table game theory or anything, it all ends up like 50%. But um, I, I, beyond that, I don't think that it's helped much. I don't know. Has it helped you? No, I mean, listen, I like to think it does. You know, I like to think that I'm ahead of the curve. And then right. I go 0-5 in the super contest in a given week. And I say, to hell with all that. That's why we're all gambling. And that's why it's, you know, luck involved. You have lady luck's got to be on your side, Sal. In any form of life, bro, and I'm sure you know that better than anybody. What was the craziest bet you and Simmons had? And I know you spent a ton of time in the back room drawing up stuff for Kimmel's show. There had to be like a crazy sports bet that like distracted you guys, that kept you guys engaged. Please share one at least with the audience. You got to know it. There was one where we had, I can't, we were betting the offshore accounts there, which is a no-no. I don't recommend that to anybody anymore. But we were betting the offshore accounts, and we had the Cavaliers were getting nine points against, uh, against Miami. And uh, the offshore had it that Miami was getting nine points. So we bet both sides. We bet Miami getting nine, and we get, bet Cleveland getting nine. I'm like, oh, my God. We have some middle here because the glitch, you know, uh, the glitch offered us this opportunity to get an 18-point middle on this crazy bet. Well, what happens? We, we empty our accounts. We do it on both sides. They cancel the bet where the uh, bad line went up. And so now we have all this money on Cavaliers plus uh, whatever it is. We got killed. We got killed. Uh, and then we were on the phone with people in Costa Rica for the next three weeks. And, of course, uh, we never got any money uh, back. But I Naturally. Very distracting. Naturally. Yeah. You're going to the Costa Rica route, Sal. Yeah. You might as well wave the white flag, bro. That's a loss, man. <laughs> exactly. That's a loss. Now, I heard this on Kimmel. Yeah. The audience may not have heard this on Kimmel. <laughs> you got to be kidding me with the fact that you were invested, as I was, in La La Land the year Jimmy did the Oscars. You got to actually sit there, and it was the last leg of a parlay. La La Land cost you big. That's sickening, dude. Did you sickening. have it, too? What do you mean you were vested? I, I might have. I might have. It was significant I, 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 to some. That was crazy because I couldn't leave well enough alone. What a great honor this is. I'm writing. My cousin's hosting the Oscars. He's asked me to write for him. I'm part of this group. Uh, we loved every, uh, every step of the way. And then I have to sully it with this parlay, which had, like, you know, best actor, best supporting actor, best supporting actress, director. All I needed was the fifth leg, La La Land. It had won all the precursors. It had won the BAFTA. It had won the Golden Globes. I'm sitting pretty. It's such a Hollywood movie. Everyone's so full of themselves, right? And they announce it as the winner. So if you're going to live bet La La Land after they announce it as the winner, you can't, you can't do it, right? Because it's announced as the winner. And then I say, like, five uh, producers in ponytails, men, running around <laughs> scrambling. I'm like, uh-oh, this doesn't look good. And sure enough, they reverse the decision, and they say that Moonlight is the winner. But uh, that, was, that was really Sal, i got to be honest. As great as the Oscars may have been, and I'm sure the after parties were awesome, yeah. that had to put a damper on the night, bro. Yeah, everyone's celebrating. I was, like, stunned. I was like, wait, because you, you feel like you're robbed, right? You feel like... At, at some point, you feel it's personal. I have one more story like that, if you don't mind. It's in the book. Uh, I had bet 
on, uh, you know, the hot dog eating contest right there in your backyard, right? Hey, Coney Island, of course. And the dog days of summer, you're just sick of betting baseball by July 4th, right? You want to sink your teeth in. You're sick of laying 240 on the Yankees with their fourth starter on the mound. It's not fun. Exactly. On a getaway day, you don't even know. Right. Exactly. The three guys aren't in the lineup aren't regular. You got to take it. So one thing that's good, Joey Chestnut wins that competition every year, but you got to lay $10 to win a dollar on him, right? So what you want to do is bet the over-under and how many hot dogs are consumed, and that's what I did. The over-under was 72-and-a-half. I went under. I'm like, it's going to be a sweltering hot day. He had already broken his record the year before. He's going to slow play it. He'll still beat everybody. And sure enough, I was looking good. ESPN has the graphic. He has 60 hot dogs eaten with a minute left. He ends up with 64. That's an easy cash, right? I'm in. And then the idiot uh, carnival barker guy with the crazy hat on interviews him afterwards. He's like, 64, not your best performance, but good enough to beat the field. And Chestnut says, uh, actually, I had 74. They forgot to count a plate. And he's like, 74, a new world Congratulations. And I'm like, wait a minute. What? You could just say you ate 10 more than you did, and it changes. This is insane. This is why this will be never be regulated by a, a real serious sports book. Can you imagine if Steph Curry comes on? They're like, uh, you know, you know uh, Lisa Salter's like, oh, sorry, Steph. You only had 22 points. You guys lost by six. He's like, no, no, I had 32. Oh, 32? There's going to be a game seven. Like, this doesn't work in any other sport. I was losing my mind. So these fringe sports are not good for me. Sounds like pro wrestling. We got the great cousin Sal. Check out his book. You can't lose them all. Unbelievable. Um, I got to ask you this, Sal. Yeah. From a sports standpoint, is there any bet that would somehow, some way compare to the La La Land? That, let's take the hot dog eating contest out of this for a second. A sports bet. I'm sure there's been thousands over the years, but one that has like kept you up you know, days upon days upon days on end. Well, I had Oklahoma State over Central Michigan. It was years ago. It was about seven years ago. And just think of this scenario. Up four with the ball, four seconds left. Fourth down. Mason Rudolph's the quarterback. He goes back to pass, throws it out of bounds. Fine. Four seconds expires. expires. I should win. I got him on a big money line parlay. They're supposed to kill him. But I needed to close out a big money line parlay. The referees huddle together. They decide it's intentional grounding. They decided Central Michigan gets a play, an untimed play. And then 14 laterals later, Central Michigan wins the game. And, I, and I, it's just Ugh. one of those things where you collapse and you're like, you know, how many times have you announced you're quitting gambling? Like that was one of probably 73 times. And uh, I don't think I'll ever get over that. I can totally understand that. Now, <laughs> Because we have Harry on the show and because I'm tight with Brother Bry and the Parlay Kid and they're yeah. you know, big supporters of mine, I have never heard how you have been you know, linked with these gentlemen. Is it a family thing? Are you guys friends from way back? How in the world did you come into contact with these hooligans that I love so much? I went to high school with the Parlay Kid. I was dating his sister. Uh, Brother Bry's sister. Wow, that's complicated immediately. Well, and I wanted to show off, and I so I joined the wrestling team. It's a big wrestling family, right? And I was okay. getting crap kicked out of me for a whole season just to just to show off in front of the girlfriend, you know, curry favor with her. So, but Darren and I, the parlay kid, became fast friends. And Brother Bry, Brother Bry's younger than us, and obviously we're we're good pals too. But Harry, I met in college, and we, uh, I mean, he introduced me to parlay cards. 
and we got in we got in bad with the local bookie, and we lost hundreds of dollars, and it might have as well have been millions because we didn't have it. And uh, the local bookie liked us, though, and so he had us work off our debt refing basketball games. He ran the local rec league for 13-year-old basketball boys, and we would bet. And it's like, okay, we appreciate it. It's $6 a game. We worked it off. Meanwhile, we'd still be working it off at $6 a game. It wasn't worth it. But we became so bored with it, Harry and I began betting each other on the game. Oh, I love it. You guys knew the high school teams. You were setting the lines. You guys are sick. I love it. And But we're refing the game, so there'll be phantom, like, charge calls. And, <laughs> and the kids start So basically bad. you were Tim Donahue before there was a Tim Donahue. Yeah, we didn't even have him to look up to. We had no idea what we were doing. But we wanted to bet each other 20 and $50 a game. And it, it became chaotic. The kids... The kids were freaking out. The, the parents were, we, they, they followed us out and we didn't have a car. So they would just follow us as far as they wanted to walk with us, you know, because we were just walking home. And finally the local bookies like, all right, you guys are out. I can't, I try to give you a break. That was it. Figure something else out. So I don't even know how we paid it back, but we were not meant to be referees. Now, Sal, all these shenanigans, <laughs> Jimmy Kimmel, Harry, brother, Bry, what inspired you to now take it to the next level Extra Points Podcast Network, all the great stuff you do with Fox. I don't know how you stick and sit with Clay Travis five days a week. God bless you for that. Um, but, you know, more power to you. You guys have a lot of fun, though. You, Rachel, uh, Todd Furman, the whole crew. How did you make that, like, transition into saying, wow, this is something I want to do. Do it for career. Do it five days a week. You know, I, you know what we have going for us, which is great? You talked about, first of all, I think it works for me because I don't take myself seriously, right? Like, yeah, I, that's I think that's what people like about me and Simmons. Like, we'll come on Monday and be like, "We got crushed. That's it. I don't know. I don't know what to say. Everything we gave out Friday went down." Whereas, you know, you get a lot of these sharps. So, like, we're hitting fifty-eight percent, and we gave out our best bet, and we're doing great, and Mac action, and this. Like, that's not me. You know, I want to be honest. I don't want to put a. I don't want to put a spin on it. If we lose, we lose. And also, I think people like hearing about people losing because that's what they're going through. But more than that, JJ, this is a great business because we could lose six in a row and people will still listen to our Super Bowl pick, right? We probably won't theoretically lose too many listeners as a result. So I figured as long as I have that going for me, I don't have to be right. I just have to be honest about not being right. Then it works, you know? So that, that, that's really it in a nutshell. Now, you are a New Yorker through and through, even yeah. though you've turned to the dark side and moved across <laughs> the country. Do yeah. you ever have days, Sal, where you say, wow, I miss being in New York? Oh, yeah. I got a lot of buddies out there. And, uh, you got to miss the pizza more than anything, bro. The pizza and the bagels, you, got, you guys can't compare out in California. I'm we sorry, can, you just can't. also, there's Gold Belly now. I can have it in two days. And That's a good point. A you know, I didn't stuff. think about that. That's a good point. It's not 100%, but you reheat some of this stuff, and it gets to 80 85%. Prince Pizza, Prince Street Pizza, and, uh, you know, a lot of, they, got, they got a lot of, uh, a lot of the New York stuff out there. What's your favorite out there? Wow, that's a loaded question, man. So I'm a Staten Island guy, so I got to give Lee's and Joe and Pat's love. You ever come New York City? I'll I've bring had you the Staten Joe Island. Yep, yep, Listen, yep. it's amazing. Uh, John's a bleaker, and then L&B down in Bensonhurst, the square at L&B, and Prince Street is great. I mean, I'm leaving a bunch off, Sal. I can't give you one, man. That's the problem with being here in New York. I can't give you one pizza place. I Can did you? L&B. I did a hidden camera at L&B. And, oh, nice. Uh, That's and- right. But I was uh, I was uh, blown away because I 
I usually I get a minute and a half, two minutes to spend with a customer screwing around. That is so fast. They're like, hey, you got to pick up the pace. We have to sell some squares here. I'm like, oh, shit, all right. So, so I ended up totally turning around. Okay. You're a Big Mac guy. You're a big cowboy guy. Your next championship, I give you a choice of any of your teams to go and win. Who would it be? I'm going Mets. I have to go Mets. I'm not, I'm, I, I, uh, I, I feel like we took a step back this week. You know, we're not getting Springer. Um, but, you think uh, you're ending up with Bauer? A lot of Mets fans calling the show, Sal. I think they ended up with Trevor Bauer, and I do too. That's what I'm thinking, right? But I thought there was going to be something with Mats, and it was going to be connected. So I don't even know. I know Uncle Steve wants to abide by this luxury tax thing. And uh, I, I'm hoping, I'm praying this game stopped. I, I feel like we've hit a, we, it, things were going so great, and then that idiot GM is sending texts, and, and now this game stop thing may or may have something to do with the Mets, and we don't get spring. I'm like, oh, geez, I'm like clutching my chest. I'm like, this is the Mets. This is the Mets. Now we know. But, uh, no, it's still, uh, it would bring, bring such joy to New York. Can you imagine not Having a having superstars not want to come to New York, it's finally happening with this guy who's opening his uh, his purse, and we're trying to figure something out. But uh, I I think I think we're on a good roll uh, with the Mets um, and the Cowboys. I don't know. Mike McCarthy might be the second coming of Jason Garrett. I was gonna say you got the clapper out of town, and now you got a coach who basically is freewheeling on the sideline. But in fairness, out Dak doesn't get hurt, you probably win the division last Isn't year. Isn't that it? Right? We would have had gone seven and nine to win the division. <laughs> And Tampa only beat the Washington team by one score, so who the hell knows? But um, yeah, I, I, I would like to be excited. But boy, you know when Aaron Rodgers was mad at his coaches for three hours after they screwed up, I was like, can you imagine if he's reunited with McCarthy? And then I said, you know what? No one deserves that. He should stay with the Packers. Like <laughs> <that guy. laughs> uh, have you locked in a play yet for the Super Bowl? Uh, I was thinking about it today. Do, have you thought about what your record is? In Super Bowl games, I don't want to jinx it, Sal, to be honest with you. Since I started at FAN, you want to know how many Super Bowls I've lost? Yeah. Since 2011, I'm not trying to toot my own horn, I've lost one Super Bowl. And when you're going to lose, you lose in crash and burn fashion. Broncos, Seahawks. Game was over five minutes into the game. But listen, I can't, Sal, I don't want to be tooting my own horn and saying that I've been over, you know, 55%. For whatever the reason, the Super Bowl game has wow. found a little dust my way. Just saying. That's great because I was figuring it out the other way, and I think in Tom Brady's Super Bowls, I'm either two and seven or three and six at best, including that awful Seattle game and that just as awful uh, Atlanta game. Well, in fairness, I had New England in both of those games, so you could put a star next to those two. Let's be yeah, honest. You really right. could. A win's a win. The whole thing is, do I want to be on? Are you going Kansas City or Tampa Bay? Well, I can tell you I have a 14-1 ticket. Me and you guy, Harry, have been invested in the Bucks for a while. Oh, wow. So the question is, it's not, you know, Jimmy Kimmel money, uh, but we got to debate if we're going to hedge a little bit. I mean, listen, I'm rooting for Tampa to win. It sounds crazy as the guy roots for the Dolphins, Sal, mm-hmm. but I'm at the point now, let Belichick look bad. Make Simmons cry seeing Brady win a Super Bowl in a different uniform. It's not the Patriots. I'm okay with that. I'm with you. I want that too. I want that so much. And to think that Belichick isn't caring about it, this is killing him, right? I would have rather both of them not make the playoffs, but that's not possible. So might as well have Belichick uh, be upset about it. I, I think Tampa Bay. Look, what is Brady going to get embarrassed in the Super Bowl? They'll at least be down eight 
with uh, with four minutes left, and they'll probably have the ball, right? So, or they'll be winning. I think those linebackers are quick enough to stay with Kelsey and Hill as good as anyone can, right? Not, not it's not, not going to shut them down, but I think it's a close game. If I can get that hook, get three and a half, I think that's the way to go. Sal, final one, and I appreciate the time. Yeah. Favorite episode you were ever a part of on the Jimmy Kimmel Show? Um. Let's see. I, man, I love when we went to Brooklyn uh, all those times. By the way, after Corona, I hope we can make that happen. Hop, skip, and a jump from my apartment. Just oh, saying. really? Oh, yeah. Let's, uh, I really hope it's October. It's usually that uh, third week in October, right before uh, Halloween. Um, let's see. Best episode ever. Best episode ever was probably when we did an episode on the bus in Santa Monica, and it just ended up being just a whole bunch of regular people getting on, and Jimmy did an hour around. The, there's not a much much to say about it, but like we picked up Paul Abdul on one stop, and we picked up celebrities on different stops, and they were mingling with regular people and a lot of irregular people too. So it was outside the box. It was many many years ago. You probably can't find it anyway anywhere. But the bus show was one of my favorites. Cousin Sal Iacona, I cannot wait to finish this book, Sal. I can't. You can't lose them all. I mean, it might as well be our mentality, right? So to take it and name a book after it, incredible. (laughs) Bro, listen, I'm so happy for your success. You're one of the all-time greats. I've loved listening to you for years, man. So now that we actually can text one another, it's a thrill for me. I'm not trying to blow smoke, bro, but I really mean that. I got you, buddy. Thank you so much, JJ. I'm a big uh, fan of what you're doing. And uh, by that, I mean taking Harry off my hands for 10 minutes every two weeks. <laughs> I try. Sal, I love you, bro. All the best, all right? Take care, pal. Thanks. There you have it. That's the great Sal Iacona. You can't lose them all. And his book is a riot. Listen, he is a riot. I've been listening to him on Bill Simmons' podcast for over a decade. Jimmy Kimmel, unbelievable stuff. Pick up that book, by the way. Can't lose them all. 877-337-6666. We get back to your calls. A lot of Deshaun Watson reaction. We'll get to the Mets. And Sal seemed a little bummed that George Springer's not coming to town. I think that's a sentiment amongst a whole lot of Mets fans. I get it. But you probably chose between he and Michael Conforto. You getting Trevor Bauer instead? You might be. We'll come right back. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did.